From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to La Liga Weekly, where we consider the big questions of the weekend in Spanish football. Here's one. Did Antoine Griezmann station an employee holding a pot of glitter in both corners of the pitch? And given <laughs> Barcelona's situation going into the game, how long was he going to have the guy waiting for the moment to arrive? <laughs> and here's another. Why do Barcelona keep signing Brazilians for shed loads of cash when they've got such good reserves? And why do they call that small child fatty? I thought we'd moved on from that sort of thing. Anyway, speaking of the new boys, Real Madrid rushed recent signings Tony Kroos and James Rodriguez into their starting <laughs> eleven against Valladolid. But after dropping points, they're considering recalls for Hierro, Raul and 85-year-old Paco Hento. But French Puskas has been ruled out because he died in 2006. Uh, actually, which player signed by Real Madrid in 2015 scored this weekend in La Liga? One of only 11 goals away from the camp now this weekend. We'll tell you later. Uh, elsewhere, Sevilla and Atleti have two wins from two. Leganes and Espanyol still haven't scored a goal. And Jose Bordelas said Hetafe's game with Atleti was a strange one. There were lots of battles and direct play. Have you seen Hetafe play before, Jose? <laughs> <laughs> Terry Gibson was part of the ITV4 commentary team and they picked the right game this weekend for sure. Uh, Terry, uh, for reasons I can't go, I'm not going to go into, I couldn't hear you tonight. So uh, assure me you weren't, you weren't panicking, were you, when Barcelona uh, were behind? Well, you know what, it was uh, to a degree, I think... Uh, I think the supporters stayed with them, which is more important than, than, than me panicking. I, you know, I'm not I'm pretty impartial, so I think we knew that Betis have the potential to cause them problems. Nabil Fakir with the opening goal of the game was their first attack of the half, and Barcelona were finding it difficult. It was it was a confusing. I think we have to understand. We're seeing pictures constantly of Suarez and Messi sitting there. We're seeing Dembele in the crowd as well. We're seeing slightly bizarrely Valverde choosing not to include Artur and Arturo Vidal. No Rakitic as well. He was on the bench for the whole of the game. So the whole team <clears throat> for half an hour probably did have a a, a confused look to it. The young playing in a, trying to play alongside Busquets but further forward. Uh, Rafinha. So he got front three of Carlos Perez, a 21-year-old making his first start. Griezmann and Rafinha, and unfamiliar midfield three of, of Busquets, Sergio Roberto, De Jong. So it, I, it's quite understandable. But I have to say, I think when, when big teams are missing big players, have to bring in young players, um, particularly when one part of the team really does get damaged in terms of the, you know, the, the three attacking players missing. Then I think, in by and large, it was exactly the type of performance result for Verdi. He couldn't have wished for any more. PK wins, it's his 500th game. Griezmann gets off the mark with two really good goals. He gets the youngster who's 21, scoring a goal in his first start. 
and then he gets the opportunity to bring a 16-year-old on as well. So, in, in all, it, it, it was a really good game, good game to watch, and uh, an outstanding result, and ultimately, in the end, a really good performance from Barcelona. Uh, what I wonder, though, Terry, what, what did we learn? How much of it was just a bit of an accident? Bearing in mind, as, as you say, Messi's not far away from coming back in. We might never see that eleven out on the pitch again at the same time. So for all of the... Because I, I thought they played really fluently. I thought they moved the ball well. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed that Barcelona performance more than I've enjoyed many uh, under Valverde. But I don't know if we'll ever see that again or whether he's just muddling through for the time being. Yep, I think that's what he, he clearly is doing. I, I would be surprised, like you. I, I don't anticipate Rakitic sitting on the bench for too many games. I was surprised that Busquets didn't take part last week's game. I think we have to understand as well, with the, the big clubs in particular, and I know in the Premier League we're a week ahead and we're a week further down the line, but for the big clubs in particular that have these ridiculous schedules in terms of individual players, where we had the African Cup of Nations, we had the Copa America, we've had the Gold Cup, I think, and then you have the pre-season tours that are scheduled do you have it, it, it's it's really hard for any coach of any of these big clubs to get to the first two or three games of the season with everyone at the level physically and mentally that you would hope for so a lot of it is improvising muddling through um, and that's what Ververdi has done successfully tonight he didn't do last week that's why you know Barcelona ultimately lost why he got criticised but tonight Perhaps the fixture was a little bit kinder in terms of Betis are an open team. Um, not too many you know, ball winners in midfield and stuff like that. And, and it was kind of a, a, a nice opponent for Barcelona to play, despite going behind from the goal from Nabil Fakir. So, it's yeah, I think that, that's what Valverde is doing. He'd be longing for Messi to be available. I think he was close but you have to remember, Messi hasn't played one minute of any pre-season friendly. Um, he was at the Copa America. And, you know, it's if you can get away with it until after the international break, if he can be on the bench for next week's game at Osasuna, if he can get through the international break, some serious, you know, conditioning, some training, um, and then you can, you know, hopefully muddle through with Messi, you know, back in the attack for Barcelona to, for the rest of the season. But... It is. It is. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm not going to say it's tough going for the managers at the big clubs. It's the jobs that every manager wants. You know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, any of the big clubs around Europe. But it, it, it's quite complicated in terms of working out schedule. It's not ideal. It, in most other sports, the, the teams would be away for a two-week preparation, fitness regime, um, tactical, physical before they even think of playing a game. So that's not the case now. We've, you know, top-level footballers there from one tournament to the other, two or three weeks holiday, back into the action. And it's um, it's how you maintain that throughout a, a long and, and you hope to be a successful season playing around the 60-game mark. Uh, now, Terry, you were a successful striker with Tottenham Hotspur, Coventry, Manchester United, Wimbledon. 
did you ever position a man with a pot of glitter <laughs> at the side of the pitch in case you scored a goal? Think, think about the logistics of this. He, he, no. he, he somehow got a pot of glitter, he gave it to the guy and said, wait there, because there's a really good chance that I'll, I'll make it 2-1 tonight with a really good goal, and I'll need to run over and recreate, apparently, I didn't realise this, but recreating a LeBron James um, celebration. Uh, extraordinary um, uh, arrogance from Antoine Griezmann. Now, where where do you stand on this? Uh, under 13s <laughs> love it. Uh, cynical people hate him. Uh, where 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 are you carrying on, on, on Griezmann? Yeah, um, I, I I don't mind. I, I, it doesn't hurt anybody. I guess you could take offence if you were a Betty supporter. I'm interested in the, the LeBron James. Um, the equivalent, because he gets about 15, 20 baskets every game of basketball he plays. So I'm not sure he's doing that every every two or three minutes in an N- NBA game. But I, yeah, I don't want to come across as being cynical. It's I was I was really the anticipation, the, the um, of my levels of excitement were slightly raised thinking, what's he going to do when he gets a hat trick? And I, I mentioned in commentary, I thought maybe <laughs> now we've got you getting used to props. There's no end, no limit. <laughs> and I was wondering whether someone might come out and saw him in half, but <laughs> or a big puff of smoke and he disappears. No, it, it's, it's, you know, I, 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 I'm not that old now that I can't sort of just, you know, make a laugh about that. And, uh, as you say, the, the logistics of <laughs> was there four corners, someone positioned. <laughs> when you see the replay again, the bloke comes out, he can't please Griezmann enough that he's got this can of glitter <laughs> confetti that he's actually there on the spot ready for action. Um, it's, it's Griezmann, we've seen him do something, things similar in the past. My best, his best celebration for me was the one at Real Sociedad when he run behind the goal. Do you remember the car? Oh, I think yes, we may yes, have been doing yes. the game together. On the running track, there was a car there. I don't know who it was obviously advertising. And the doors were, were unlocked and he jumped in and two or three of his teammates jumped in with him and they were waving out the window. So he tries to have fun. Um, for him, ser- in all seriousness, though, he, he was on thin ice, I thought, um, up until the first goal. I thought he was, his approach was too enthusiastic and in getting involved in the build-up. I wanted him to be more like I used to say about Paco Alcasa, where, you know, just stay and get on the end of things. You, there's enough players, even in that team tonight, to do all the little passes. You make sure you're on the end of things. And that's what he did for the first goal. And then we saw a return to the Griezmann that we've become so familiar with in terms of his form for Atletico Madrid. So it was a big night for, for Antoine Griezmann because uh, the responsibility is there. He's not getting a settling in period alongside Messi and Suarez. Um, so the responsibility was huge on him tonight with Barca having lost their first game. So, yeah, no, it was it was it was a good it was a actually it was it was a fun game to commentate on and watch tonight. Uh, just a word on Betis before we move on from this game. Then Terry, we'll get an explicit rating as we mentioned their goal scorers Fekir and Moron uh, tonight. So yeah, don't uh, don't let that e appear next to the. Uh, the iTunes rating tonight. Uh, they're bottom of the league. <laughs> um, that, that was slow to drop in, actually. I've got there now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, so, uh, more importantly, I suppose, they're bottom of the league. Um, but uh, with two games in, I'm not going to read out the league table. Last week, a red card had an effect on it. This week, they were away to Barcelona. Well, what do you make of them? Can we read anything into what we've seen from Betis so far? 
think the only thing we can see is a slight a, a, the change tactically in terms of the setup of the team. It's a back four now. It doesn't appear. It's hard to even tell, but 80 odd minutes last week with 10 men away to Barcelona. Are we going to see similarity in terms of a team that wants to be possession based? Um, it, it, it's really hard to tell. But I would, I would, you know, I'm if I was a betting supporter, I would just be wanting the season to start properly now. I think they've got Leganes at home the next game. That will be, you know, a game that it's early for a must-win. But in terms of morale, um, in terms of, you know, belief that the things are going to be going in the right direction under a new manager, it's important they win that game. But they've got an abundance in terms of, of, of quality. Borja Iglesias has been injured as well. He came off injured last week at half-time. Hopefully he's not going to be too long. Loren Moron has taken his place, got a couple of goals as well. Are they going to play? Is there a possibility of them playing together, or is it going to be one or the other? So I think we're still learning about Betis, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Betis supporter. Clearly, at the moment. Uh, let's just talk about Leganes, as you as you mentioned them, Terry. They're, they're one of the teams that hasn't scored a goal. They haven't got a point yet, but they. To be fair, it was Atleti who beat them. Another one nil to the mighty uh, Atleti. Uh, Jean Felix again with a little bit of skill involved in the build-up to the goal, and uh, Vitolo. Um, not, I mean, it wasn't a classic weekend in, in La Liga in terms of goal scoring, but in that all you can do is win the games that you've scheduled to play. So far, so good for Atletico. It, it is, and, and I like to think this is another example of this com- how we're getting more competitive football in this division now. We, as I keep banging on, that we, we can't expect these these. Atletico Madrid to roll over Leganes, and and we can't, we shouldn't look at a result one 0 away for Atletico Madrid against Leganes and go, oh, is that all? That's the, the league is getting more competitive now. It's difficult to assess Leganes because so many key players keep changing. It's not as bad as it has been in the past, but they were good at home last season. They beat Barcelona at home last season, so I think you know for Atletico Madrid, two tough opponents in Hatafe and Leganes. No goals conceded, surprise, surprise, despite there being a whole new lineup in the in defence. Um, and three points in both games. So you know, I think you know Simeone would be absolutely delighted with the, the way that his new version of started off. He'd be absolutely absolutely over the moon, chuffed that they haven't conceded a goal in the first two games. So that mentality that they had in the past with Godin and, and one friend and Felipe. Amazingly, it's been with Savage and Jimenez and, and Trippier. Lodi was suspended. It, it, it's transferred itself to a new group of players because they believe that's the, the mentality that has to be had. It's the reputation they've got, and they're going to do everything they can t- to make sure they maintain that, even though it's different names. So, no, it, it, perfect start for Atletico Madrid. No goals conceded, two wins, two tough games. Um, they, and, and they can move on while still bedding in those new players. Uh, and all in front of Gareth Southgate as well, who was there obviously watching Kieran Trippier. Uh, just to, it, it's good, isn't it, that he was there? Just, just making, almost making the point, I think, that an English player can go and play in La Liga, and it doesn't mean he's going to be forgotten and never watched again. Just, you know, obviously we've said lots about it not being on telly uh, much in, in England at the moment. So it's good to see Southgate there, wasn't it? And do you know what, as well, I'm, I'm pleased because there have been managers in the past that have gone out to watch, but they normally go to watch when an opponent is playing Barcelona or Real Madrid. And they go to <laughs> yeah. one of the, the glamour grounds and make a weekend trip. Um, I know Leganes isn't too far from Madrid, 
but it isn't one of the glamour grounds. So, no, fair play to Gareth Southgate to roll up at the Bataki and, and watch Leganes and watch Kieran Trippier. And, and it will give him a different outlook on probably, you know, possibly he's a man that probably watching as many games as he possibly can regarding the players that he can select. So to go and watch something different, to watch Leganes play at Let's Come Madrid, I'm, I'm sure it's something he would have enjoyed. And the fact that Trippier is there, is there now, it, he'd probably be interested to see if he can get any feedback off of Trippier about Simeone as well. So no, no, it was excellent for him, for him to be there, and it's for Trippier, hopefully, you know, still to be involved in the, the England setup. Uh, let's just have a chat about the other team with a perfect record. I put going two games in. Let's not get carried away about perfect records. But Sevilla <laughs> again, all you can do is win the games. Sevilla went to Granada. Good atmosphere, which I was I was I was pleased to see uh, on on Friday evening. They won it by a gold deal. Joan Jordan. And what, what they were they were very positive, I thought, Sevilla. Terry, you know, in the in key moments of the game, they had lots of players getting forward, showing a willingness to attack. And I'm sure it'll go wrong at some point. There's a lot of things to get right with a lot of new players, but so far, Sevilla are gonna be happy. Oh, did I, yeah, did I both games away from home as well. Espanol for week one, Granada the second week. And I read that eighteen players are gonna be leaving Sevilla, have left or going to be leaving before the end of the transfer window. A new manager. Yeah, uh, the one thing I would say, I've, I've been impressed with a number of their players. The one thing I would say is perhaps it's De Jong, isn't it, up front? <clears throat> yeah. Um, might just Nolito has been really bright, really sharp and lively, but he's the quickest at the front three. Ocampos is on the right, Nolito on the left, the young up front. And they might just be lacking a little bit of pace. Now, De Jong does well holding it up. Nolito and Ocampos are, you know, a, a please catching on the eye in terms of the wide players. Um, so, Manuir might be more involved if, you know, Lopetegui wants to go to change the style of the, the attack. I think that needs needs rectifying. There's still time in the transfer window, um, but that is, that's the one area that, with a whole group of new players, the one the bit, the, the, not a worry, that the the bit that looks like it could be improved could be in the, the attacking positions with a bit more pace. But two wins out of two away from home, perfect style for Lopetegui. OK, right, we'll leave it there for the time being. We will come back, and we've been discussing new players Obviously, it's going to take us on to Real Madrid with their exciting new <coughs> talent that they are unveiling uh, for this season. That's in a moment. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.
Oh, welcome back to La Liga Weekly. So we'll move on and talk about Real Madrid. Now, the, the references I've been making so far are to their starting lineup. And so their starting lineup was Courtois Ingol, who signed in 2018. Now, apart from that, the most recent signing was James <laughs> Rodriguez, who signed in 2014. So Carvajal at right back, Ramos, who signed in 2005, Varane, Marcelo, signed in 2007. Uh, Tony Kroos, Casemiro, Isco, uh, Bale, Benzema and James. If you look at the 2014 World Club Cup final, the only players who haven't made it uh, from that are Ronaldo, of course. Uh, Pepe played in that and Ike Casillas uh, played in that. So uh, obviously Hazard will be fit at some point and play. Jovic got on the pitch at some point. Um, but it is just extraordinary. Now, Terry, you said to me early in the, relatively early in the, the window when everyone was getting quite excited about Real Madrid signings. You, you you did say, hang on, how many of these guys are actually going to play apart from Hazard? Um, and so there we are. Uh, Bale was back. James was back. They got terrific attention <laughs> from what I could hear at, at the Bernabeu. And uh, yeah. Real Madrid just haven't moved on. Now, the question is, the only the only question we've got, I didn't invite questions today, but uh, Zen Green Yoda got in touch anyway. Uh, Real Madrid's real problem has been the lack of coordinated pressing of the ball and hard work off the ball like a team such as Liverpool to chase and press the opposition. So the old guys are back, but it does mean the old problems are back, doesn't it, for, for Real Madrid? And, and they, they struggle to, to break down and get the better of Valladolid. Yeah, I've, I have no idea, actually. I don't, I don't think too many of this current crop are over the hill. Modric, of course, was suspended at the, for the weekend. Hazard will come back in. Uh, I just think that clearly they could have spent the money wiser in terms of freshening up a starting 11 that probably needs a bit I, i've been saying this for two years and i'm afraid most of the stuff i say in this podcast this week is going to be repetitive there was no difference in this performance at the weekend from last year's performance last season's underwhelming performances so what they need now uh, uh, there'd be loads of managers around the, the world that would dearly love that group of players but what we have to have now most importantly is a manager that gets them a style of play. And and what I see from Real Madrid yesterday wasn't, there was no difference. It's hit and miss. It's relying on individuality. Um, do they close down sometimes high up the pitch? Do they drop off sometimes when they're 1-0 up, not playing fantastic? I mean, they, they played all right. Um, was there any emphasis on making sure your positional play was correct, not giving the ball away cheaply. No, that went out the window. The goal is a horror show. Um, and and Vi did it, deserved it. I was watching the game. They were good value for their point yesterday. Yes, Real Madrid had more crosses in the box, more attempts at goal, didn't create that many clear-cut chances. There wasn't too much to complain about the Real Madrid performances individually. Then out of the blue, when they go 1-0 up, Danny Carvajal, when you see listeners can get a look at the goal, please, uh, answers on the postcard, what on earth is Danny Carvajal doing? Normally a reliable player. He just runs like a a lunatic, I have to say, from the right-back position to pretty much where Casemiro would normally be. But Casemiro was playing centre-half at that stage. Ramos had tucked himself into holding midfield and... Carvajal just vacates the right-back position, charges across the pitch to the the centre of the field, and Valladolid are on the break, and 
they can't believe their luck when they look up and Sergio Guardiola is out on the left side of the penalty area with no one within 20 yards of him and just rolling the ball and he puts it through the legs of, of Courtois, not on purpose, one of those that you keep low, you strike it low and if you're lucky, sometimes they go through the legs of the keeper. It was it was absolute lunacy from a player that Danny Carvajal that normally is so reliable, um, not the a type of mistake you would expect for a player of his experience to make, but it just sums up Real Madrid. It's... it's uh, I, I think that there's potential there if Zidane can motivate the players to adhere to a style, tactics. It doesn't have to be 4-3-3 or 4-4-2 every week, but there has to be a style, and whether it's dropping off, whether it's playing counter-attack football, whether it's closing down high up the pitch, whether it's getting the ball wide and getting crosses and lots of players in the box. There's a number of styles to choose from, but I don't see a style from Real Madrid. I just see individual players... Casemiro will, majority of the time, hold the midfield position. Players will float around him. Um, Marcelo, we know, bombs on down the left flank. Carvajal, not so much. And then you're hoping that the likes of Isco, Bell, James, Benzema come up with two or three goals a game to keep you out of trouble. So I think it needs more than that. For Real Madrid, not only to compete in La Liga, but to compete in the Champions League again next season. So then it's so important he has to get a style. It's not the worst group of players in the world, far from it. Some unbelievably talented footballers in that. Hazard to come back as well. Jovic looked li- likely when, lively when he came on. So there is, there's plenty of hope for Real Madrid, but they have to nail down a style of play. And so then we're not, we're, we're not sure whether he's the type of coach that can do that. Do you think, can you see this happening though, in, realistically, Jeremy? Obviously, Hazard will come back in. No. That, it seems to be the, on, the only obvious change that he will make is to bring Hazard back in, you know, presumably, and, and obviously Modric, as you, as you say. Um, but that's it, isn't it? That, that's all he'll do. He, there's been no hint that he is a manager with a style. He's a manager who, who gets by. Yep, and he's, he's, in his previous time as manager of Real Madrid, his strength was man management. His strength was, was keeping the status quo, keeping, when I say man management, keeping the big stars happy. Um, but it, it needs more than that. It definitely needs a style. And the players, will they could easily be motivated because some of them have had, you know, Real Madrid turn their backs on them. Bale and Hammers, for instance, they, you know, the... They could have easily gone over this summer, Hammers over the last couple of seasons. They'll be, you know, they they will want to be, to be led, despite them being world superstars. They will want them to be led, and and they will want. They, sorry, they will want to be led by someone like Zidane that comes up with his style of play. This is what we're going to do, and it could be any of those styles. I would say counter-attacking football in the past has suited them when they had Ronaldo, Bao, and Benzema were flying. Um, but it's up to Zidane to come up with that style. Again, this goes back to what I said earlier about he's had longer than, you know, last season to come up with a style. There was no evident style then in the last 11 games he had last season. We expected different this season, but it's it's, it's not happened. And it's not just because it's the same group of players. So it, it's he has, he has to work really hard on the training field. But it goes back to what I was saying about the lack of preparation time you get in a pre-season training camp when you're, you know, flying all around the world, players joining up at different stages. So it's, it's clearly too early to panic yet, but it does add the pressure on after the, the disappointing pre-season campaign where I think when Zidane come back, 
you know, March, I think it was last season, high, you know, hopes were really high that he could, you know, be the, the manager again to, to lead a new Real Madrid. And, and, and at the moment, we've got the, the same players and the, the lack of, same lack of style that we've had in the past. Um, I asked a question at the beginning about which player signed by Real Madrid in 2015 scored this weekend in La Liga. It was Martin Odegaard, uh, who scored for Real Sociedad, a 1-0 win away to Mallorca. Uh, really good goal. And I know we've discussed him briefly before, Terry, but I mean, we, we've heard about Odegaard. Uh, he hasn't played in La Liga until this season, despite signing uh, all that time ago. Still a very young player. And, uh, you know, exciting times. Good to see him playing. Yeah, and it was a really good goal. He starts the move off from really deep. He puts in a, a through ball and then carries on his run, almost box to box to get on the end of the chance and take it really well. Uh, it's His career at Real Madrid is very similar to, I was doing Betis Barcelona, Sergio Canales. Although Canales went on to have a series of knee injuries, which has blighted his career and his progress. But in terms of going to a big club like Real Madrid, Canales barely played at Real Madrid, went out on loan at a few places. Odegaard, in his favour, is, is still very young. So I, I saw him play against Millwall pre-season. I don't know what to expect from Odegaard because we didn't see an awful lot. We knew of his reputation, but we haven't seen it anything about Real Madrid. Um, and when I saw him play in the pre-season friendly at Millwall, I liked what I saw. So... I was anticipating him getting, you know, serious playing time this season and then making, you know, we can make a judgment then on what sort of player he is. But I would say at the moment, Real Sociedad, a young team as well, um, looks to be the, the, the perfect home for him to, to settle down finally in La Liga. It's not beyond that. I do believe he signed an extension to a contract at Real Madrid to make sure that if he is a world beater this season, they don't lose him. Um, so, no, it's, it's pleasing to see someone whose career has stalled over the last few years get an opportunity and we get, you know, the first hand, the opportunity to see him playing regularly for a decent team in, in the Spanish League. Uh, I might skip over a couple of games, Terry, if that's all right. Alaves, Neil, please, Espan, please nil, do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also Neil, Abar, Neil. So, you know, well, yep. you know, useful points all round. Well done, everybody. Um, right. Uh, where should we go next? So three more games have a look at. Uh, Levante to Villarreal won. Uh, controversial, wasn't it? Villarreal started, well, they're, they're too good to be in the kind of mess that they're in. They've got some really good players, played some really good football. They took an early lead through Gerard Moreno. They ended up losing the game because of a couple of penalties. Uh, Calleja was absolutely fuming after the game and with some justification because his goalkeeper made what looked to me to be a perfectly good save from a penalty uh, it was. It had to be retaken, and it's it's one of these ones where you're getting to the point. This this is IFAB, the the the, the rule making board that is apparently led by David Ellery. So it's it's this is not anyone else's fault. This is an Englishman's. Well, this is you know a, a British dominated uh, group that makes these rules about you. You're not allowed to step off the line in any way. Um, so he was understandably furious. Uh, Levante scored two penalties. So uh, what what do you want to say about that one? Do you want to talk about Villarreal's? Uh, situation? Do you want to praise Levante? Are you are, are you with me and annoyed about the penalty situation? Oh no, I like the new penalty law. I think the advantage should be to the taker. I'm I've been banging on fed up. You know, I'm a big moaner about goalkeepers yeah. almost diving at the feet of penalty takers. So I thought he was when he saw the replay VAR. I know it's fussy, but he was off the line. So there's nothing Kayeka can moan about. 
Um, but there was had the most extraordinary five, ten minutes I've seen in football for a long time. Levante will be high and they make the substitution. Roger Marty comes on to try and liven things up. Second half, they're, 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 things are looking slightly better. They get the first penalty, it's missed, retaken. And then immediately after, Cazorla gives away a foul on the edge of the box. That went to VAR. It was deemed to be just outside. So it was a free kick. I didn't think it was a foul anyway. And then shortly afterwards, the second penalty. But in that 10 minutes, Levante just kept getting the ball in the penalty area, not just slinging it in from the halfway line or anything, but a, a really good offensive football. And then when Villarreal had the chance to defend, they kept the ball in their own penalty area. So the, mm. the, the second penalty was a consequence of a, a, a team that, that's got experienced players in it. Under the cosh, we, we know Levante, we know what they like. When they're behind, they can be fast and furious. They can get the, you know, get players, attacking players going forward, um, try to put pressure on at home. They're enthusiastic. They try and win the ball back quickly. Don't take the sting out of the game, surely. But Villarreal were intent on pa- passing the ball out the back under in this 10-minute spell where it was the pressure was relentless and it led to short goal kick, played back to the goalkeeper, heavy touch, gets away from him. Levante player nips in and, you know, takes the ball away from the goalkeeper and he smacks into him and brings him down and it's the second penalty. It was self-inflicted by Villarreal. Terrible game management, um, which comes from the, the touch lines as well. When you're under pressure, it's not hard for the manager to get up and, and make changes, slow the game down, get the ball forward quicker, don't encourage a team that's got momentum. Dreadful performance. Dreadful. Because the first half, Villarreal were absolutely different class. So far better than Levante should have been more than the one goal. It wasn't, and they paid the consequences. We know Levante's spirit; they won't give up. They'll have a go, and when they get a bit of momentum, you know, they, they, they're liable to cause you problems. And VRL played straight into their hands. It was abs- for ten minutes. The ball never came out of that penalty area, apart from the kickoffs for the goals. It was absolutely ludicrous. Uh, <laughs> 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 right, you forward. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you make of uh, Ontiveros, Terry, when he came on? Uh, yep, lively and the perfect style for VRL, isn't it? It's. I saw a few second division games last season for Malaga, and he looked to cut above that that division. Um, a player we had high hopes of when Malaga were doing relatively well prior to the, the the season they got relegated. So I think he's exactly the type of player that VRL buy need. Um, Good young player, Chuck Wazy as well. Is still they've got the players, John. Uh, we said it all last season. I hoped for different this year. I'm, I'm not sure we're going to get it under that current coach. No, no, me, me neither. Is the the one obvious change I I would make. I, I don't know how he got back there after last season's and a new ball. contract. Yeah, it's just he got a new contract for keeping Vero up. Yes, when he got them into the mess in the first place. It's just extraordinary, yeah. yeah. His own new yeah. manager bounce, and he, and he gets a new contract out of it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Celta Vigo. Well, another team, another manager suddenly under pressure is Valencia, who've started the season uh, really badly then, haven't they? Uh, Gabriel Fernandez with the only goal. Celta Vigo won. Uh, Vinel, uh, Valencia nil. Terrific goalkeeping from, from both keepers. Uh, in this yep. game, Sillison playing well, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a a disappointing start for Valencia again. 
Yeah, as you say again, I think that's the, the key factor, isn't it? A slow starters. The season, last season they did it. The season before they got off to a flyer, didn't they? And that was the turnaround, the catalyst for Valencia finishing in fourth, finishing in fourth, you know, having the belief to come back last season and finishing fourth again. Slightly perturbed by, the, again, that the uh, team selection from Marcelino. Maxi Gomez started this one. Rodrigo was on the bench. So it's Maxi Gomez and Gamera. I'm not sure if the Rodrigo being sub is anything to do with what possibly might happen over the next few days in the transfer window. Celta looked completely different to the team that played against Real Madrid. They looked like the Celta Vigo of old that we we, we came to light. And a, a, a brilliant, brilliant goal from one of their new players, Gabriel Fernandez. Fantastic near post cross. You know, when you, the striker runs across the near post and it's from the left wing and he gets across and the back heel, you know, the back heel finish, you get the near post and it yes. kind of deflects it into the far corner. So Celta deserved that win. Valencia were, were poor. Um, quite entertaining at the end when Aspas had gone off, Celta get a penalty. Denis Suarez is chosen, or he chooses to take it against Silicon, who they probably had the odd penalty shootout in training over the their time at Barcelona and, and Citizen died died to his right, guessed correctly and, and made the save. Fortunately for Celtic, it was almost the last kick of the game and they were able to get the three points. But they looked they looked much better um at the weekend Celta and quite troubling to see Valencia not really cause that many problems for, for Celta Vigo. No, and the, the Champions League draw is this week as well, isn't it? So we'll find out who uh, they will be facing. They'll need to be better when that uh, comes around in a couple of weeks' time after, well, obviously, uh, international break coming up soon. Uh, one more game then, Terry, which is Hatafe 1, uh, Athletic 1, uh, Raul Garcia and Jaime Mata. And I, I gave you the quote uh, from Bordelas. It's like he was surprised that it was a tough, hard-fought, direct game between, between these two teams. <laughs> Yeah, one of loads of aerial challenges. Ball was bouncing around all over the pitch. Two good goals, I have to say. Raul Garcia with a nice left-footed volley at the far post. And Jaime Mato, you know, sharp attacking play where he gets across the defender at the near post. And likewise, another smart finish with a volley to, to get them the equaliser. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure where Bordelais is coming through. I hope he's not been one of these managers that's going to be embarrassed with how his team play, how they've got lot of success for a club like Hatafe, um, and tries to dress it up with, you know, we, we're trying to do this, we're trying to do that. Uh, there's room for all sorts of teams, and it was just in this game there was a clash of, of of style. So it's been a tough start for Hatafe. Both games at home, Atletico Madrid, Atletico Bilbao. So uh, that's not a surprise to me that that was a tough, hard fought stalemate for both teams. It's uh, that's what we expected, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is precisely, yeah, and and as we've said before, it'll be fascinating to see Hitafe, uh play in Europe this season, see what they do, you know, see how they play, and hopefully, you know, play one or two glamorous teams and and get the opportunity to to upset them along the way. Oh, definitely, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and and what they did last year, Espanyol going great guns in the in the Europa League as well, so they're chucking everything at it. Perhaps that's affecting their early season form in La Liga. But we know in in Spain they do place importance. Aon having the chance to qualify for the Europa League, and Espanyol doing their utmost to make sure that they get into the group stages. So you know it'd be pleasing to see Espanyol and Hatafi in the Europa League this year, as well as Sevilla, of course. 
Uh, yes, fantastic. Right. Well, Terry, it's been uh, terrific talking to you again. Are you on uh, La Liga Duty for ITV4 again uh, next or this coming weekend now? Yep, I think that's the, the last round of games um, yep. that anyone knows where it's going to be. So I think it's the next game is Viral Real Madrid um, yes. next Sunday evening. So looking forward to that and, and you know, people can get a, a better chance, an easier chance to, to watch Real Madrid in action in the third game of the season and Viral as well. So it'd be interesting to, to see how that pans out next week. Yes, and uh, somebody, somebody, put your hand in your pocket and buy the the rights to La Liga, and La Liga <laughs> lower the price if you need to lower the price. It seems fairly straightforward, doesn't it? There's a great product there to be sold. There are companies, there are loads of people who want to watch it. There are companies that could do with a bit more football uh, on their schedules. So surely uh, we'll get this sorted in the next couple of weeks. Fingers crossed. Anyway, but anyway, exactly. whatever. We will be back watching it on uh, very small screens on your laptop <laughs> um, with, with a betting company and all of that business. So we'll find a way and we'll be back with more La Liga Weekly next week. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.